Welcome to Wildly Human, where we navigate our 100% divinity and 100% human. And today we are talking about the difference between being victimized and victim consciousness. Oh yeah, we are going there. Why? Because we want to be our most sovereign selves. And this mindset is how we do it. Now, I know this isn't always easy. We've experienced trauma, whether it's uppercase or lowercase t trauma. And when this happens, we have been victimized. When we've experienced victimization, it's difficult to break because it's all we know until we try to change it. And the thing that people don't tell you is there is a difference between victimization and being a victim, aka victim consciousness. Like for me, I didn't want to acknowledge the things that I went through because I didn't want to be a victim. I didn't want pity. I didn't want any of that. And I'm sure there's so many people here listening to this that feel the same way. So being a victim or being in victim consciousness and the difference of victimization is what we're going over today. So first, I'm going to talk about being in victim consciousness. And that's essentially looking at everything like it's happening to you, like life is happening to you. That person that cut you off in traffic, how dare they do that to me? Your ex broke up with you. They were so toxic, narcissistic, etc. They did that to me. That person that cut you off, they weren't doing it to you. They just did it. Like, if they cut you off, they probably cut off like 30 other people today, unless it's like five o'clock in the morning. But they cut people off all the time. It's not just you. And in case you haven't heard this before, I'm going to tell you now, your ex probably wasn't toxic. Okay, we all have protector patterns that come out. And that doesn't make us toxic. It makes us human. Now, obviously, there are exceptions to that. And I'm not talking about the exception. Okay, I've had my share of unhealthy relationships. Some have caused more harm than others. But I can tell you, it wasn't just them. It was also me. Right? I stayed when I knew it was time for me to go. In some cases, our protector patterns and relationships that I've had, they didn't just cause conflict, like one-sided conflict. They just didn't mesh well together at all. And that's a part of life. That's part of navigating relationships. So why do we continue to like put ourselves in this victim consciousness? Well, other than our ego telling us this is safe because it's familiar, 
it's also easier to be a victim, okay? It's, think about it, like it's easy to feel sorry for ourselves and say that everything happens to me because that means we don't have to take action to change. And if we don't take action to change, then we continue to be safe, right? Like change, our brains believe that change is difficult. It believes that it's scary. And so if we don't take action to change, then we continue to be safe. So victim consciousness, it can show up in so many sneaky ways. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a tool to help you find out if you're operating from victim consciousness or not. And I use this tool with my clients. I use it in my everyday and it's just so game changing. So victimization means acknowledging that shit happens in life. Sometimes people are cruel to us. We experience loss, traumatic events happen. And when we take the time to feel all of the feelings, to honor these parts that have been victimized and allow the process to take place without staying in victim consciousness, that's when we are in our sovereignty. That is being in our authority and taking accountability for how we respond to life versus being a victim to it. And if we are a victim to it, then we're giving our power away to it. And we can't control everything that happens, you know, that whole like grander plan thing, but we can control our reactions and our responses. And so when we shift to this way of thinking, that's when we can really begin to co-create with God because we have this understanding that there is a part of ourselves that asked for this lesson or we need this lesson so we can become the version of us we need to be in order to hold the life that we want. We need to have these experiences because, you know, despite what, People say, visualize your life. No, you need to feel it. Life is experienced. Life is a texture. And when we go through these different lessons, that is when we actually start to embody different textures. The texture of victim consciousness is very different from the texture of sovereignty. When we have this deep understanding and we think, like a teammate versus a victim, that's when we create the reality we desire because we are embodying creator energy. And in order to create something, it takes multiple moving parts, various materials, resources, people, situations, okay? Like in order for Michelangelo to create the painting in the Sistine Chapel, he needed a vision, inspiration, paint, brush, a ladder, the offer to do the painting in the first place, right? 
all of that stuff. And embodying creator energy and sovereignty, it means understanding that we are a part of the creation process. And that doesn't make us any less of a genius or any less important, but that the creation needed our specific genius, our special sauce, in order to truly make the creation the masterpiece that it is. So applying this to victimization is saying that God created this masterpiece called Earth. Every single living thing that is here is a masterpiece within the masterpiece. However, because we are living, this masterpiece that is all of us is constantly growing and evolving, okay? And if you think about it, like even paintings need to be touched up. So we can think of it like I met this person, they came into my life for X amount of time because our presence touches up the masterpiece that is both of us and the earth. So that person that cut you off, right? Maybe you need to work on your anger. Maybe they need to work on their patience. We don't know. But they came into our life for a reason. A large part of sovereignty and embodying creator energy is choosing what we practice. All of our habits and patterns are just different things that we practice. We practice washing our hands after going to the bathroom, hopefully, uh, getting dressed in the morning, meditating going to the gym, we practice our unhealthy habits and patterns too, such as eating a pint of ice cream after a breakup, scrolling on your phone the first thing after we wake up, walking away from our partner in the middle of a fight. All of these things we are choosing. Sometimes we choose them consciously, but a lot of them are unconscious choices. This is why intention and living intentionally is so important and to really pay attention to what you do and why you do it because the reason might surprise you something that's coming to me that we are so practiced in is doubt doubting ourselves the journey, the process, other people, you name it. And people want to be more confident. I have a lot of clients that come to me that say they want more confidence, but then they spend their lives being practiced in doubt. So if you constantly doubt other people, whether the money will come, your partner's loyalty, um, your body image, stuff like that, it will be pretty damn difficult for you to practice confidence in yourself. And a lot of the time we don't have that 
confidence in other people in the external because we don't have that confidence within ourselves. And I'm not talking about fake it till you make it. No, like don't do that. This is about making a choice. Okay, if you fake it till you make it, then there's still underlying doubt that's present. But when you actively choose, then you're in your authority. You can choose confidence. But here's the thing. If you choose it, you have to choose it in every area of your life. And this isn't to overwhelm you. Okay, you can work on one or two areas of your life at a time. You don't have to completely slash and burn everything. Like that's just too chaotic. And in case you didn't listen to episode one about trauma, um, the definition of trauma is too much, too fast, too soon, and or too little for too long. So if you slash and burn your entire life, you will actually traumatize yourself while trying to positively change. Okay, so don't do that. And practice is a process, just like life. I used to be someone who was very much like, I want it and I want it now. And there's still a little bit of that in me, but Patience is so important and it's something that I'm learning. And I was blessed in being an athlete when I was younger. So going back to that mindset of, oh yeah, practicing, practicing, getting in the reps, doing it over and over and over again. And this work of choosing also requires brutal honesty with yourself. So if you aren't living the life you desire, what are your practices that don't align with your dream life? If you desire to have your day feel more peaceful, yet you scroll on social media right after you wake up, then that practice is not in alignment with that. That practice is not in alignment with the texture, the experience, the sensation of peace. Because peace is this inner emotion, and yet your external is starting the day by outsourcing your energy to others. And as long as you're outsourcing your energy to others, you will not have peace. This is where you really have the opportunity to audit your day. Where is your energy going? Like really catalog your activities and how much time those activities take and how you feel during and after those practices. Now, I'm not saying to never go on social media, but paying attention to how much time you spend on it and how long you can be on it until you start to feel drained or numb, those are key indicators. Because if you feel drained or numb, that means you're burning yourself out. The energy is stagnant. And 
you need to move it, move on to something else. Energy is meant to flow. It's not meant to be hoarded. It's not meant to be stagnant. If it's a necessary task that needs to be done in order to get you one step closer to your goal, then like, how can you make it fun? Where can you infuse joy? Can you listen to music or take dance breaks? You don't even have to get up and stop the activity. Like you can dance while doing the activity. Can you dance or sing while typing out that email? If that's not your thing, what is your equivalent, right? And so those are examples of if you want to bring more joy, more pleasure into your life. Okay, so bring more joy, bring more pleasure into your life. Choose your life. If you want to feel alive versus merely existing, that means intentionally choosing your life. And this doesn't mean that every moment will be sunshine and rainbows. That's just completely unrealistic. And there is a universal law called the law of polarity, which states that everything is contrast. So what if whatever you're facing, if it's not what you want to face, is to show you the contrast of what you're actually asking for so you can truly appreciate it. Like, for example, what if you've been single for years because you need to learn how to be in love with life to truly appreciate being in love with someone else? What if you don't have a lot of money in your bank account so you can learn how to be energetically wealthy to truly appreciate your financial wealth when it comes. Okay, when we choose to focus on the sun peeking out versus the clouds, we integrate the lessons much more quickly because we are in our authority. Being in our authority in our sovereignty, that's expansive. Like you could be on the floor, on your hands and knees sobbing, but still feel expansive if you choose to be in your sovereign presence. I know because that has happened. Moments that used to completely contract me and deplete me. When I said, okay, I'm allowing it, I'm choosing to feel it versus allowing it to overpower me, to consume me, I felt expansive while being curled up in fetal position on the floor. Like energetically, I felt expansive because I knew that whatever it was that was happening, it was helping me grow. So when I choose to be present in it, I'm growing and it's also not going to last forever. Okay, so I know that I <laughs> really went a lot into choosing and sovereignty and authority, but I feel like we hear a lot about sovereignty and authority 
on social media, but it's very kind of surface level and we don't talk about it. And yeah, in order to get out of victim consciousness, we really need to figure out how to be in our authority, which brings me on to the tool that I mentioned earlier to find out if you are operating in victim consciousness or if you're operating in your sovereignty. And it's this thing called the drama triangle, which was developed by Stephen Cartman in the 1960s. And it's changed a bit since then. So you might see different phrases or iterations of it, but I'm gonna teach you the phrases that were taught to me. So in this triangle, there are three points, okay? And each point represents a different role. So there's a, there's a victim, a villain, and a hero. So how it works is if you villainize something or someone, then you either put yourself in the place of the hero or the victim. If you look at something or someone like they're a victim, like, oh, poor them, they can't get out of the situation, there's pity involved, then you either villainize yourself or you're the hero. And then if you make something or someone a hero, you either victimize yourself or villainize yourself because you either villainize yourself or victimize yourself. And basically the whole point of the drama triangle is it's called a drama triangle. So as long as you are in the triangle, there will be drama in your life. Your mindset, as long as it's operating in that drama triangle, you are always a victim. If you're the hero and you need to save somebody, then you're a victim because it's something you need to do. And if you need to do it, it has ownership over you. Right. And this, we hear this phrase martyrdom. It's martyrdom. And also, martyrdom is very fucking selfish. Let's be honest. If you villainize yourself or someone else, then you or that person, they're the enemy. And like, look at school bullies, right? We're told hurt people hurt people. And yes, this is true. Therefore, you are a victim. You're a hurt person hurting someone else, or they are a hurt person hurting you, and you're the victim, or you're the hero. And then if you're the victim, well, then you're the victim, right? <laughs> I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. But however, what can happen with the drama triangle is you can flip it and it becomes the author triangle. So the victim becomes the author, the hero becomes the collaborator, and the villain becomes 
the challenger. And when you look at life through this lens of people that would normally or situations that would normally be the enemy or obstacles or, oh, it's hard, I can't get through it. If you're like, oh, this is a challenge, then you take ownership of yourself, your sovereignty, of your choice, and you face the challenge, you move through it steadfast. Does that mean it's always going to feel like peaceful every moment? No. But when we have this energy, it flows. And when things flow, they feel easier. Okay. And anyone that you might have placed as the hero or your savior, they become your collaborator and they help elevate you to the next level. They provide you with resources that you might not have, which by the way is totally okay because we all have gifts and resources that we have, whether they're internal or external and other people have resources and gifts internal and external, because we are meant to help each other. Humans are social and relational beings, and we are meant to look after one another. We are meant to collaborate. That's our society has become so individualistic, but we're meant to collaborate. Like we do need each other. It's part of our needs. So the hero becomes the collaborator because they're not saving you. They are looking at you from an empowered place. And they're saying, they're thinking, okay, how can we elevate so that you can get to the next level? Which is way more powerful than let me save you. Oh, you need my help. I'm going to save you, right? Like it's the texture, the experience, the sensation. It's different. And then, of course, we have the author, right? So you have the choice. You're writing the narrative. You're choosing your life. You're in your sovereignty. You're in your authority, which I personally prefer to have authority over power because I feel like people interchange the words a lot, but they are different. So power is the ability to influence decisions, whereas authority is the right to make decisions. So when you have power, you don't necessarily have authority. You don't have the right to decide if you have power. It's just influence. And while influence is important, it's not everything. Whereas if you have authority, you have the right to decide and influence, which I'm going to choose that every day. Okay? Especially when it comes to writing my own narrative my life.
So the really cool thing about the author triangle is whether you're dealing with a collaborator or a challenger, on the other side of that situation is your next best version of yourself, right? Either the collaborator is like, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to help. I'm ready to serve. Let's go. Let's get you there. They, they're your hype man. And the challenger, they, they're there to kind of test you a little bit. Like, have you truly embodied the inner work that you've been doing? This is so key because we don't actually change until embodiment takes place. And so the challengers help us figure out have has embodiment actually taken place? If you're handling a situation differently than you would have a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, then yes, you have embodied the work, right? And so the challengers also help us remember, wow, I've really changed. So something else I want to mention is if you are in someone else's author triangle and they're the author, then that means that you're either in the role of the collaborator or the challenger. So then you are helping them elevate to their next best version of themselves, which is pretty fucking cool, if you ask me. So I used to have issues with feeling like I was an outcast, feeling like I didn't belong. And when I learned about the author and the drama triangles, when I adopted this mindset, it was a huge shift for me because I really realized I can't control whether someone is an author or a victim, right? We can't control that. But what we can control is our mindset of, for me, it was like, oh, I always do belong because I am helping somebody get to the next version, the next best version of themselves. And so if you stay in your sovereignty, then whether they're operating from the victim triangle or the author triangle, if you are operating from your own author triangle, that means you're helping them get to that next best version. You're helping them elevate. Whether they realize it or not, that's not your concern. And if you're someone who has struggled with belonging or feeling like an outcast, the right people will find you. If you stay in your author triangle. And sometimes we dip in and out, you know, there's always growth. Like there's definitely moments where I go, oh, fuck. I'm victimizing myself right now. Okay, how can we flip it? Right? So I'm the author. And this isn't about being in control of everything. It's about saying, I have a choice. I'm not in control of them, but I'm in control of me. All right, beautiful people. I would love to know what your biggest takeaway was. How did you receive it? And 
are you going to apply this to your life? Let me know. If you're listening on Spotify, there is a comment box. Um, I think it's technically a question box, but whatever. And you can let me know there. If you are listening to this podcast, don't forget to leave a review and follow so you get updated on new episode releases. And we are streaming everywhere. You get your podcast. If you are watching this on YouTube, let me know what your biggest takeaway is in the comments. And of course, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share, all the things. And I will also put my Instagram handle below. So if you want to send me a private message, my DMs are open. I will see you next week.